What's up, NBA fans? We are close to the end of the season with one week left and most teams having seven to eight games left to go in the NBA regular season. But this won't be our last podcast for the regular season. We still got one more before we wrap it all up. And this is this is that last one checking in with the tight Eastern Conference race, the Western Conference playoff race, a lot of seating still up to grabs, notably in the Eastern Conference. Paul George makes his return last night for the Clippers. The Grizzlies are still just beating teams, escaping a a close one against the Spurs and firmly in the second seed in the West. Got the Raptors also on a hot streak. We'll We'll be covering all that and more on this week's episode. But before we dive into everything, we gotta start things off with the Lakers and we just gotta get it out of the way because this this story has been continuing, but it looks like they nearly escaped the Spurs really putting the stake into the body, into the soul of their season. So they still survive one more night, but we still gotta talk to talk about them just for a little bit. But before diving into that, Sean, here is the trivia question to start the podcast off. What was the original Vegas over and under for the Lakers team before we started this this season officially? Oh, man. So you're talking about wins? Yeah, wins. (laughs) Total season wins. Oh, man. This is just going to be sad, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say 52. What did you say? 52. You looked it up, didn't you? No, I didn't. Is that real? (laughs) Yeah, well, 52.5, but, you know, I'll give it to you. 52 (laughs) wins was the starting over and under in the NBA preseason for the Los Angeles Lakers. If you took the under on that, woof, you've known that you were a winner (laughs) a month ago. You know, to be fair, I feel like there's a lot of people that were like, these old-ass Lakers, there's no way that this actually works out as well, at at least in the regular season. I feel like there's some Mm -hmm. people that be like, yeah, these guys are too old, they're just going to be hurt. I bet a lot of people actually did pick the under on that one, but I, I would hope so. Uh, I don't know where the over and under ended up in like midway through the year, but I gotta think that line moved a lot oh, <laughs> once man. things got started. Yeah, once, yeah, especially when AD got hurt. But I mean that I mean that just says it right there. This obviously has been such a disappointing season, and mm-hmm. now I don't think we had even really considered even just like two weeks ago, considered that the Lakers wouldn't even be in the play-in game. And now here Mm -hmm. we are. The Spurs are right on their tails. They actually overtook them when the Lakers lost yesterday. But yeah, like you said, with that Grizzlies win against the Spurs and that nail-biter tonight, the Spurs are back in the 11th seed. The Lakers back in the 10th seed. And man, it's going to be close the rest of the way. I have no no idea who's going to make it. It's going to be anyone's game. Yeah, I mean, if we're looking at this objectively, it really doesn't look very good in the (laughs) Lakers' favor. They have a 3% chance of making the playoffs, according to 538 right now. Spurs have a 6% chance. And a big reason for that, it's the schedule. I mean, we've known this. The Lakers were heading into a behemoth part of their schedule over the last month and a half. And It's no different here to close it out. Four out of the last seven games are on the road against the Suns, Warriors, Nuggets, and Jazz. The Spurs, on the other hand, over half their games are at home, including back-to-back home games against the Blazers. Mm. Then they got the Mavs, Timberwolves, Warriors, and Nuggets. So there's still some tough ones there, but the Spurs schedule is definitely looking a bit more favorable. And to add, the Spurs currently own the tiebreaker over the Lakers, they're tied for, for in the season series, but the the Spurs have won a considerable n- greater number of interconference games than the Lakers have. So, its chances are the Spurs are going to walk away with the tiebreaker. So, if somehow they end up tied, the Spurs still take it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it's going to be a close one. And then you also have Greg Popovich, of course, and the Spurs franchise as a whole that hates the lakers there's <laughs> yeah. there's no doubt about that if there's something that motivated this young spurs squad over the last month it's mm-hmm. the opportunity to catch the lakers because yeah. this team has been <laughs> shooting for nothing for a long time other than let's see how many let's see if we can get Dejounte murray to average a triple double this year <laughs> yeah i mean they they were pretty firmly out of it right i mean mm-hmm. the blazers were ahead of them in the standings after the all-star break that so were the kings 
But the Spurs have really found a nice groove here after the All-Star break and went on a pretty nice winning streak to get to that 10 seed for a hot second uh, before get, falling to the Grizzlies tonight. But they're yeah. rolling. And I mean, yeah, like you said, DeJounta Murray, that guy is, <laughs> he's going to be very special. Because you don't see a lot, like, the really the only st- guy statistically that you can compare him to right now, Giannis, Jokic, mm-hmm. those are the only two that are putting up the same points, rebounds, assists, and steals numbers that this guy is doing right now. It's, yeah, I don't know if it's stat padding at all. I haven't actually watched a lot of these Spurs games, but the dude's doing it all over the all over the court. Yeah, and they've managed to find... You know, their bundle of kind of decent players, some of them are actually starting to show some signs of breaking out. Notably, Keldon Johnson has pulled together some some good games. He did miss that close-to-basket shot here last night or tonight uh, that would have given them the 10 seed. But still, he's he's put together some solid games. So, I mean, we're still talking about a team that will finish in the 10 seed, which <laughs> right. is still not great. <laughs> But it's but it's worth fight. calling out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this it's, is all after they traded away one of their starting guards at the trade deadline, mm-hmm. Derek White. I mean, he was a pretty big piece of this team, and you know, maybe it, it opened up something for him, or or maybe Murray just has more way more usage availability now. But it whatever that did for them is definitely working. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things to shout out here too is also. Their schedule has been very favorable over the last <laughs> over the last the month of March. The only two teams with a winning record they played in March are three teams: Jazz, Timberwolves, and Warriors. Uh, or actually, they got the Raptors in there. Raptors. They lost to the Raptors, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're talking about five teams that have a winning record. Somehow the Spurs have ended up with with just sort of. Uh, an easy schedule. Stars have a line where the Blazers also have fallen out of the playoff race. The Kings haven't really made the improvement they thought they would with the, the bonus trade. So, and the Lakers are falling out of rank. So, the Stars have a line here for for the Spurs, and obviously the Lakers. The storyline there is injuries. Um, their old squad that they thought of players that they thought were going to be helping them. I mean, Trevor Ariza doesn't even play. Kent Bazemore yeah. doesn't play. Dwight Howard barely gets any minutes. It's, but do, it's, it's, do they deserve them? You know? <laughs> they don't. No, they don't. And, it, and all these guys that they went out there and got, these veteran guys that they thought were going to add value, are adding zero value. Instead, you got Wayne Wayne Gabriel out there. Oh, yeah. Austin Reeves. Stanley Johnson. Mal- Stanley Johnson's Stanley actually Johnson. been pretty good, though. Mm-hmm. That's true. But it just goes to show that like, the guys they do have out there playing decent minutes are not summer signings. These are guys that sort of just have been pulled out of nowhere, uh, except for Malik Monk, of course. But yeah, uh, what a ragtag group that the Lakers <laughs> have thrown out there yeah. every night. And and is, does Kendrick Nunn even play basketball? Like, do we know he's, what happened with that guy this year? He's out for the year officially. <laughs> he was never in for the year. <laughs> like, what yeah. happened? I didn't even know he was hurt. Like when the year started, yeah. and then all of a sudden he's not playing at all. Yep, he he is out. Um, I think it's just like a knee bruise or something. It's been very very vague injury. Worse than that, if if it's keeping him out this whole time. But yeah. I, I think I think Malik Monk said it best. I I can't remember exactly when he's. It was sometime within the last week. He said there, there's just there's no rhythm. Like mm-hmm. the starting lineup changes seemingly every game. Like sometimes Malik Monk's the sixth man off the bench. Sometimes he's starting. He just can't get into a groove on this team. And I, I think I, I would think that the rest of the Lakers also feel that way. I mean, the the whole coaching staff is trying to figure out what works, but they're not allowing enough time to let anything really gel. Um, right. So there, there's just a lot of turmoil. Obviously, having AD out of the lineup for a long time brought really things into disarray. LeBron coming in for a few games, coming out with with the knee issues and the ankle issues he's having now. There's just no continuity for this team. There's there's really no one. I mean, we can compare it to the Clippers. You know, Clippers they have had Paul George out for 43 games, and they found guys that they were able to rely on. Reggie Jackson, Isaiah Hartenstein somehow man that guy came out of nowhere and and 
you know, you, the Lakers just don't have that leader. Like what Russell Westbrook had to step up and be that leader when these two guys are out and you're just not seeing that at all. And obviously he's just not handling the, the media criticism that you're, you know, prone to getting when you're on the Lakers. He's just not handling it. Well, it's causing him to be a bad teammate and a bad leader, unfortunately. And it's just not, it just hasn't worked out at all. Like there, there really just isn't saving anything this year. They just have to start from scratch again next year. Yeah. I don't know what next summer is going to look like for this team. It, 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 it's just even too much to try to figure out right now. We could spend a whole podcast episode, I think, <laughs> dissecting <laughs> potential Laker moves for next year because there's a lot to problem solve here. But yeah. 19 players this year for the have suited up for the Lakers and have averaged greater than 12 minutes per game wow. while a Laker. It's that's And that's the story there. It's like, And even down to the last few weeks here, there's two big pieces they're trying to integrate into the rotation and Wynion Gabriel and DJ Augustine who are now getting real decent right. minutes <laughs> in the rotation because they have to because there's just no they they need bodies. Yeah. Uh, I think the problem is there's no there's nothing to buy into, right? Like right. It, it's hard to see all these guys fighting on and being on the same page. Like some of these guys might be fighting for individual stats and trying to earn a contract for next year. Some guys might actually be trying to like still win this year and, and still has hope that this Laker team can somehow still be a championship contender. Mm-hmm. You, you just you need everyone bought in on the same narrative, and it, it just it, it starts from the top. You know, it, it's like it seems like LeBron's goal is now just to get as many points as he can. That's yeah, what it I seems think... like. Like he's still playing in these blowout games, just jacking up shots. You, you don't really see that comeback mentality. It's like I'm just gonna make points for me. Yeah, the Lakers are just flat out a terrible team. No real poor effort on the defensive end. Offensive, offensively, just a bunch of clunkers. Twenty third out of thirty in offensive rating. Twenty first out of thirty in defensive rating. Um, you know, I will give this, I guess this shout out to Rob Palenka when he started this year. Has he mentioned the during the West Russell Westbrook? introductory press conference that he wanted to go for a third star that would be on the floor in case LeBron James and Anthony Davis got injured. (laughs) And guess what? LeBron James and Anthony Davis did get injured, missed a lot of games this year. Russell Westbrook didn't miss many games. He's, he's played 74 games. I think he totally only missed maybe a handful this year. Yeah. Right. So he's been on the floor. The bad side of it is that the results just haven't worked out the way we thought they would. Westbrook's on the floor, but it's just not, it's just not adding to any wins. Yeah. Um, On the plus but, side, know, though, LeBron and AD might come back for Friday's game is what they're targeting. It looks like for Thursday's game, maybe not, probably not. But AD is targeting that return on Friday. Um, LeBron is doubtful for tomorrow, maybe in for Friday. And that Friday game is the big one against New Orleans. You know, that, yeah. that could... That's like their their shot at getting back in the ninth seed, and if they can win that one and it's at home, that would be a huge win for them, and maybe enough to turn around just in time to get a little bit of momentum to get them into the playoffs. But it's it's gonna be a tough schedule regardless. I mean, we're looking at all of these teams they're playing. Like you said, Utah still fighting for seeding. New Orleans fighting. Denver, Phoenix. You know they'll, they'll they might still show up just to just to smack them around. <laughs> it's yeah, not quite the last oh, yeah. game of the season. Warriors are fighting for seeding. OKC is an easy game, and Denver will probably be fighting for fifth or sixth seed still in that last game of the year because they're they're them and the Timberwolves and now uh, the Jazz are all right there. So that's probably we're looking at six quality tough games out of seven. Yeah. So, and and the Spurs like you, you mentioned they have a pretty like a pretty much an easier schedule than the Lakers, but I really feel like and they only have 6 games left versus 7. The two Portland games might be easy. Well, yeah, they'll be easy. But the <laughs> yeah, Spurs aren't really like that good, so I'm not <laughs> it's like hard to say any of these are going to be easy for them, but yeah, Denver, Minnesota, Golden State and Dallas will all be fighting for seeding. So those last four games for the Spurs will be difficult. So 
I think I think it's more even than than you might be uh, giving it credit for. And maybe that's just because you're feeling a little pessimistic about the Lakers in general. But I am. I kind of just want this. <laughs> part of me just kind of wants this to be over and this nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of wish Keldon Johnson would have just put the stake in and made that <laughs> made that shot at the basket. Oh, he was, it was basically a layup he missed. And yeah. He's not, a, much he's, he's not a baller, man. He's not a baller. Yeah. He's just a basketball player. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we're still talking about an 11th or 10th seed Spurs team <laughs> right. that may be prone to giving away one of these Blazer games that they should be winning mm-hmm. and getting uh, blown out by one by the Mavs or the Timberwolves. So nothing's guaranteed. So we'll see how that unfolds. But in other news for L.A., Paul George is back. He finally Ooh. has made his comeback. And, man, this guy came back ready. Uh, just a, a star offensive weapon to add to a team that's just been so solid. This this, this Clipper team has slowly become one of my favorite teams to watch. <laughs> Terrence Mann, Reggie Jackson, Isaiah Hernenstein, and Zubak. And, wow, they're just such a well-coached team, so solid mm-hmm. and so consistent. Every possession on defense. And to add an offensive weapon like Paul George is just uh, it's just addition in so many ways without really oh, yeah. sacrificing anything that they've that they've built over the last few months. Right. Seamless integration back in, which I mean, when you're a player as good as George, it's it's not hard to integrate him back in, but he hadn't played a game since December. And he comes back and he looks like he hasn't missed a beat. It it was mm-hmm. incredible. I mean, maybe the first quarter and a half was a little rusty for him, but he got it going immediately after that. I think he had 20 points in the third quarter alone when they're able to actually get within striking range by the end of that quarter. And I mean, this is a team he comes back to. I mean, they, they were doing pretty well. I think we had a winning record at one point, like a couple weeks ago when we were in the eighth seed, we went on a five game losing streak. And I think that losing streak was enough for Paul George to say, all right, I'm going to help my guys out because in the, the presser afterwards, he said, you know, I had the option to shut it down for the rest of the season because the coaching staff was like, you know, you're you're good to go, but obviously, you know, we're in the eighth seed and, you know, uh, everything's not looking that great. But yeah. if you want to come back, you can. And, and they got him game ready. Credit to them, man. Like, they, they got him ready to play from an injury. Like, we weren't sure if he was going to need surgery or what. And the way if he, the, if he can come back like this, man, already – basically playoff ready man 34 points six assists six for nine from three with four steals and a block in your first game unbelievable stuff man and he just gave life to this team when we were we're at a low point like we should have been in Mm. the sinking teams uh before this game but he alone was able to help us cement that comeback another 25 point comeback against the Mm -hmm. jazz very reminiscent of the playoffs last year and yeah, jazz jazz fans are going to be having nightmares about that one for a while. But it's this is fun, man. This is really fun. And it gives me hope that the Clippers have a really good shot at least getting the 8 seed, maybe the 7 seed if we're lucky. And we're going to play some tough playoff basketball. It's going to be really fun. Oh, if they get into that 7 seed and go up against Memphis, that is going to be a that really will actually grindy be a good series. game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be a lot I mean, it'll just be two two top ten. I mean, this this Clippers credit to them. I mean, I know they've been losing. They lo- they were on this losing streak over the last week and a half, but they've still been holding on to a top ten defense in the league and mm-hmm. uh, and adding an offensive weapon like George. I mean, they're they're pretty well in the bottom in terms of offensively. So I think yeah. Paul George should be a huge plus there. And against a a, a grindy Memphis team. Oh, it's going to be there's going to be a lot of back and forth there in that series. So yeah. I'm excited there, to see that. Yeah, there's rumblings that Kawhi might still come back this year. I don't know hmm. how much those rumors should actually be taken seriously, but hey, now that Paul George has come back this way, you know, you, you hear things. You know, I've I've heard that Kawhi has practiced. He's I've heard that he is scrimmaged. Most of this is from Skip Bayless. And since he likes Kawhi Leonard so much, I I have to think he has some sort of inside information on it. But oh man, I'm salivating at the idea of getting both these guys back just in time for the playoffs. 
I mean, if he does come back, say, I don't, I mean, next week seems crazy to think he'd come back with no indications that he's thinking about it. That would be so kawaii, though, right? Yeah. That would be so kawaii to just show up. Yeah. And I mean, next week would actually be not too bad because the Clippers are going to end the season on a four game home stretch Mm. against the Pelicans, Suns, Kings, and OKC. Outside of that Suns game, these are pretty easy games to jump into (laughs) and get back into the rhythm before a play-in game so mm-hmm. i don't know maybe we do see Kawhi show up on april 9th against the kings oh, play, yes. play a little bit of basketball <laughs> there put a little basketball on the 10th against the okc and oh, see if he's man. ready to go this could this could be something man most this would be the best eight seed that ever existed no no way could you have a better eight seed than a Kawhi paul george team it's just what not about fair. the brooklyn nets I, we we can talk about them too, but <laughs> think about the supporting cast of the Clippers versus yeah. the Nets. Though I think that I mean, obviously, I think the Clippers are just a better all around team than the Nets right now, and mm-hmm. they're I not so. getting they're not getting Ben Simmons back this year. If Ben Simmons was coming back, sure, but that's not happening. We all know it's not happening. Yeah, I I'll, I think I think that's true. Yeah, I'll take that. I mean, without the two stars again, the Clippers are. Eighth in defensive rating in the league and top ten in terms of all the def- major defensive ratings. So, I'll take that supporting cast over what the Nets have mm-hmm. without KD any day. Yeah, um, the Clippers, man, they they've made themselves a very easy team to root for for a lot of NBA fans. I think, I mean, everyone loves an underdog story. Clippers are the perennial underdog, and just the fight they're showing. You know, it's you know, it's gone back to the Doc Rivers days. You know, when it was the Tobias Harris, Lou Williams led Clippers. Everyone loved that team too. It's got flashes of that, so yeah, it's really it's really cool to see. If only the Lakers would have paid Tyron Lou what he wanted. I could have had him right, right? now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, out. and Monty Williams too, man. Monty Williams too. That's right. Um, but anyways, moving to the Eastern Conference, we have to talk about this one. The Eastern Conference yeah. right now is tight, and we knew this going for a couple months now that the Eastern Conference was just light years better than what the <laughs> within the Western Conference, which is isn't always the case. But this year, even the Boston Celtics have emerged over the last few months as a serious oh, man. team to consider it's climbing crazy. climbing the standings. Also, the Raptors another climber, not quite as significant as the Celtics, but also worthy of a call out. Definitely. I mean, one through four right now is separated by two games. Miami's gone back and forth between losing that number one seed, uh, but they have it to, as of today. But no guarantees they'll have it to close the year. But the Bucks, 76ers, the Heat, Celtics are there. Um, the Bulls have fallen out of that that group, but I mean they're getting some bodies back with Caruso coming back and Lonzo potentially coming back soon as well. So they might be formidable in the next in the next coming days. But this is just crazy that we have. <laughs> These these four or five teams, I mean, even the Raptors are pre- are looking pretty good. Yeah. That may just not even make it past the first round. Yeah. Um, and the wild thing too is that, I mean, Cleveland, who's a team that's been there the whole time, is has now yep. fallen to the playing game. And, right. and obviously, injuries are playing a pretty big factor in that for them, which is super mm-hmm. unfortunate. Like I would have liked to see this Cavs team stay healthy the whole year and see what they can do. But yeah, they, I mean, this Raptors team has really deserved their spot right now. And it it sucks too, for the Celtics with Robert Williams going down for potentially four to six weeks, maybe longer getting surgery. And that, that's a huge blow for this team. He was the defensive anchor. I mean, for this defensive this leading defense in the nba robert williams was a big part of that and they've gone on a little slide without him now and they don't Mm -hmm. really have someone to come in and fill his place he was not really expendable no one in the starting lineup really was so that's 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 really gonna hurt their chances Uh, they were looking like a pretty solid contender but without him i don't really see a, a path forward for them uh towards the title I got a name for you, Sean, that I think you've had a lot of question marks around. Hmm. Jason Tatum, though. Over the course yeah. of this last <laughs> month, 37, 33 points, 
46% shooting from three, mm. 53% shooting from the field off. This guy's attempting almost 10 threes a game and shooting <laughs> them at 46% clip, yeah. 90% from the free throw line. I mean, we're talking about the over the last over the last month he's reached the elite status of the 50 40 90 club yes. in terms of shooting percentages. Uh, I'm, I'm really happy to see it. I, I'm on, like I I don't want to act like oh like I'm wrong like Jason Tatum isn't legend. I've wanted Jason Tatum to be this for the last two years. I wanted mm-hmm. to see him make the jump, and he's finally doing it. So I I am stoked. I am so glad that Jason Tatum is finally playing up to his potential, and it's what's gotten them here. Really, I mean, he's the main reason. Even when Jalen Brown was out for for a few games, there he he mm-hmm. stepped up and he shouldered the load. But oh man, it, it sucks because it's just they don't have enough defensively without Robert Williams. Al Horford's just too old to be that yeah. defensive anchor. And yeah, maybe they get past the first round, but definitely not the second against these other East teams. That you know, Milwaukee's rolling. I mean, you see mm-hmm. that that game with the Seventy Sixers where Giannis sealed it with a block on Embiid yesterday oh man that Dude. was a big game that, that was, was a huge. game to circle that was a statement game and Giannis got the upper hand on Embiid and they're they're not gonna get pushed over by anybody they they're they're still the favorite in the east and they want mm-hmm. people to know like they're the defending champs like I don't care who this is the one seed you still gotta go through them whatever seed they finish as so yeah set. I mean between yeah, those games between the Seventy Sixers and the Bucks, in a way, it's also a game playing for the MVP, Joel Embiid. Yeah, Giannis. I mean, yeah. So what what do you think? Like, should Jokic get the MVP if Nuggets are like the sixth seed, but like Embiid with the Sixers and, and Giannis as the one and two seed potentially in the East? Like, does that matter to you, or what's your what's your? Take I think on it that? has to matter a little bit. It just has to. And I mean, with these guys all, I mean, these three big men, Giannis, Embiid, and Jokic, they're so close in terms of the body of work they put together this year. Yeah. I mean, Jokic, I think individually just has had the opportunity to pad his stats a little bit more. <laughs> but if Embiid and the 76ers manage to get the first or the second seed, or if Giannis gets the first or second seed, I think that has to matter. And it might be just enough to. To, to get the award in their hands. I think it, you just can't not consider it. I think it's it's a tough Eastern Conference race, and to get your team up there, it, it has to mean something. So um, if we, so how much of it does it mean? Because I, I ask this because is there any way we can insert a guy like Devin Booker into the conversation? Yeah, that's a, and that's that's a that's a good point, and it's come up a lot. Oh, I feel like over the last two weeks, people have started calling it out because he's not in these MVP power rankings, like really at ever. all. Yeah, yeah, and I mean it, it can matter, but it just feels like he's just not individually as a player on the same level that Embiid, Giannis, and Jokic are right now, and maybe part of that is just the fact that these are just. I mean, elite athlete. I mean, I don't even want to use the word athletic because I wouldn't describe Jokic as athletic. Is he sneaky but, athletic for size? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but their skill set as big men is just sort of—it's just—it's just sort of an unseen thing uh, uh, across NBA history. We're like in a special little yeah. cove where we're seeing these very high-skilled big men, and it's—it's it's tough for a guy, Devin Booker, to compare Pete with that individually. I think. Yeah, I know. It's just the fact that they're the best team in the league and he's the best player on the best team averaging again 26 5 and 5 for like the fourth season in a row it's like Mm -hmm. yeah there's like what more can this guy do you know like there's just yeah that i think as far as individual stats go obviously it's it's not quite the same but Mm -hmm. the the dude's balling out and he needs a shout out because we never talk about him ever yeah, and I do think I agree with that, that I do think he deserves a little more credit. The fact that, you know, if his name hadn't been brought up over the last two weeks, he might have he might have finished outside of the top seven of in terms of MVP voting or oh, might yeah. not even sniff. Now I think, yeah, I mean, now that his name's come up, like, I do think he should be considering 
finishing in the top five in terms of him. I don't know if he touches top three, but I would yeah, finishing yeah. fourth in MVP voting. He, I, I, think I don't see so. why not. Yeah, as like <laughs> as far as anyone's concerned, it's Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis. Those are the mm-hmm. only three people that anyone's considering. And after that, I mean, we you know, back when the Bulls were the one seed, it was DeRozan who was up mm-hmm. there. Uh, pretty high up, and and you know, Luca's always gonna be in the conversation. John ja Morant, John ja Morant, even though <laughs> the the Grizzlies <laughs> seem to be doing just fine without him. Like and, I think, in my view, at this point, I I could put Booker over John ja Morant. Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, Booker's been there the whole year. I mean, he's only missed a little, a few games, and mm-hmm. you know, shouldered the load a lot when Chris Paul was out. So I don't know. I think he should be top five for sure. But it, yeah. yeah, it's worth mentioning because you know we always talk about the same three guys, and rightfully so. I mean, they're they're amazing players. But uh, we got we got a, a, a spoils of talent in the league right now, just at the top. Like, there's just so many good individual performers right now. Yeah, we definitely do. Uh, one last point on the Eastern Conference race. There's a couple big games coming up next week. We got Celtics, Bucks. Uh, and that may be a deciding game. We also mm, still got the good. Heat. The Heat, uh, I think they still have one more big game, too, that might decide the final seeding here. Um, forgot what that yeah, was. Well, and I imagine that a lot of these teams are going to play each other, um, oh, especially well, within their own division. Yeah, actually, the game I was thinking of was today, the Heat taking taken down the Celtics. So, oh, nice. In a, in a way, the Celtics, I mean, the Heat do have a pr- uh, not fairly well, easy schedule remaining. Yeah, I mean, they have a few easy ones, like Orlando. Um, you could consider Charlotte easier. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, the Bulls one could still be pretty big. I mean, that's, that's going to be a tough game either way. Yeah. That's their next game up. Yep. So Celtics still have a shot here at potentially pushing themselves a little further up. The Bucks went over the 76ers. That was huge. Yeah. Uh, so f- for the 76ers, they got an easy schedule to close out the year. <laughs> so no no big ones for them to still circle. But yeah, obviously know, some think, of these games still matter. Yeah. Yeah, the Celtics, with their easier schedule, they should win their next two against the Pacers and the Wizards. But then against the Bulls, the Bucks and the Grizzlies. I think those could all be losses, honestly. Like without Robert Williams, I really don't see this team beating very many teams that they shouldn't beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which you know maybe they get a game or two in in the playoffs against them, but like I don't know. I just don't think they have what it takes to go up against the the, the firepower that these other East teams have without that defensive anchor. Yeah, I mean, that defensive anchor is going to matter so much, especially mm-hmm. if they end up getting matched up in the yeah. second round. Who's, who's going to stop Giannis guys. from getting into the paint? No one. No one on that yeah. team is going to stop Giannis. I'm sorry. Like, Tatum, smart. You guys are great defenders, but you are little boys compared to Giannis. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Well, taking a taking a step outside of the Eastern Conference back to the West, that the race there. Not as exciting. Not quite as exciting, <laughs> yeah. We got the Suns, who have really solidified themselves as the best team in the NBA in terms of regular season record at 62 wins. They're going to take that, running running away with it. The Grizzlies, too. They've padded themselves up a lot yeah, of breathing room at 50, 54 and 23. Eight and a half, game, eight and a half games behind the Suns. Not going to catch them. And roughly six-game lead over the Mavs, who are in third. So the real race is in between the third and the fifth seed. Uh, Mavs, Warriors, Nuggets, um, even the Utah Jazz may still move a little bit, but I mean it's a close one. I I don't know. The Warriors are in a bit of a trouble here, falling to the fourth seed now with the loss yeah. against the Suns today. Yeah, I could definitely see the Warriors sliding a bit more without Curry. Who man, we don't even know if he's going to be healthy mm-hmm. in time for round one of the playoffs, but. It just sucks because it seems like they just can't get their big three together ever. You know, Clay Thompson out for the last two years, and then his first game back, Draymond's hurt, and then Draymond comes back, and now Clay's hurt, and it's just, man, it just seems like there's no end to it. But they have a pretty soft schedule for the rest of this. Utah will be that. That will be actually a very pivotal one. Um, if they lose to Utah, that could drop them below the four seed, maybe worse. Um, but then 
Kings, Lakers, Spurs, Pelicans. Those should all be very winnable games for them. Granted, without Curry, it doesn't seem like any of these games are <laughs> exactly a, a gimme. I mean, they've lost seven of their last eight. Seven of their last Yikes. eight games. I mean, basically, since Curry got hurt. they Jordan Poole, man, this dude's been putting up some buckets. Yeah. This He's dude's been, been putting up some buckets, but that's not going to be enough to win these games. They don't have any defense. Uh, it's just, it's not going to be enough. So, I mean, Poole's balling out. I mean, dude's averaging like almost 30 points a game since Curry went out. But mm-hmm. it's not going to be enough. And it's definitely not going to be enough in the playoffs if, if Curry's not fully ready then. Um, so, yeah, it's tough. But, I mean, Nuggets look pretty good. Um, man, I, I really feel for the Utah Jazz. I really do. I don't, I don't really know it, what, what they're going to do after this season. We can talk about them a little bit more later too. Yeah. Just to close this little blurb out before we, Jordan Poole, month of January, almost 25 points a game, 50% shooting, 44% from three, almost 90% from the free throw mm-hmm. line. Uh, just really balling out and holding this Warriors offense together slightly a little bit. Yeah. I mean, even though he's not winning games, man, this kid has really beefed up his trade stock for the Warriors if they want to move yeah. him. But yeah, also wouldn't. looking like a prime <laughs> six man of the year candidate next oh, year yeah. if they make a real run. Oh, 100%. Yeah, the the dude has become a Steph Curry light. He, he mm-hmm. is like the first of Steph Curry's disciples, which is kind of crazy because you'd think that they would have got someone else in the time Curry's been there to kind of like he could take him under his wing. But Jordan Poole is really – he's that first guy. Like I've not mm-hmm. seen a guy play as similar to Steph Curry as I've seen with Jordan Poole plays. It's it's very apparent. He gets the same green light to chuck up all the logo threes he wants. His driving ability is fantastic. He just has the athleticism, the build, the speed, the determination – to be Steph Curry light and mm-hmm. man yeah I don't know maybe the pandemic was was just what he needed to to get his his body and mind right to become the NBA player he has but that that's a huge diamond in the rough yeah not bad for the 28th pick in the 2019 NBA draft yeah uh I'll play guys like Cam Reddish and even R.J. Barrett, I would say. DeAndre it's, not hard, Hunter. it's not hard for me to play Reddish <laughs> when he doesn't even get minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, quick thing here before moving on. We got New York mayor allowing private company athletes and performers to to work unvaccinated, meaning Kyrie Irving is on his way to potentially playing home games for the rest of the year. What do you think, Sean? <laughs> it's very convenient isn't it yeah <laughs> and specifically for athletes and performers like it seems like this is geared specifically for sports and it's almost too convenient with the timing of it all but you know we kind of saw the writing on the wall we kind of saw this coming and you know for nba fans i'm all for it man you know honestly I think this is going to put the best product out there for the playoffs. It's going to make for very exciting, unfortunate series for whoever gets the the, the one or the two seed for the East. Maybe there might be some jockeying to try to not be the one or the two seed. Yeah, that's what I was thinking uh, which, too. Which, you know, I, I really don't like. I don't like the idea of, you know, quote-unquote tanking out of the one or two seed. I think that's pretty ridiculous. I think you should want to do that to get those seeds but at the end of the day this this is going to be a very interesting team and obviously they haven't had that much time to gel anyway it's like Kyrie and Kevin Durant still don't have that chemistry quite yet they haven't played that many games together so even dating back to last year so it's not you know a guaranteed thing that this team's going to be a huge threat they they've still struggled a bit in their recent games Kevin Durant still really shouldering a large portion of the load, even with Kyrie Irving there. And and the other pieces they have are just still not good. I mean, let's not forget. Like, this is a, this is a two-man team at best. You know, you're, you're rolling out Bruce Brown, who's okay. Seth Curry is, like, good every five games. And, and a bench of just questionable dudes. I just... <laughs> 
I you don't just, have any love for Nick Claxton and Blake Griffin no. and he doesn't even play. I don't even think he. Lamarcus played. Aldridge, like and Andre Drum- Drummond is, is so one dimensional. That's that's a dude <laughs> that he's like Rudy Gobert light. He's just gonna get eaten up in the playoffs. Like small ball lineups are gonna just torch them whenever Drummond's on the floor. So I don't really see that being an asset. I I don't know. I, there's plenty of vulnerability, and Steve Nash is their coach, so there's plenty of vulnerabilities. <laughs> As far as this team goes, I, I think the Clippers are much better, more dangerous eight seed than the Nets are currently. But both are going to be very dangerous. No one's mm-hmm. going to want to well, play them. There's also no guarantees that they end up at the eight seed. They could yeah, very they well win their play. They, yeah, yeah they, they very well could. Yeah, so it could be a very dangerous seven seed at that. But yeah. I just, yeah, I don't have a lot of like. I saw Vegas odds that they're still like five to one to win the championship. I'm like, are you really that serious? Five to one? They, they had like the second the best odds. They had the second best odds out of any team. It just made no sense to me, and I I think people are still overestimating their abilities. And man, if if people don't think Steve Nash is a bad coach now, this is gonna expose him because if you can't win when Kyrie and Kevin Durant are both there healthy. This is going to be very telling, and mm-hmm. yeah, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't want to see them fail necessarily, but I just don't believe that they'll succeed. Yeah, and it's a gauntlet. I mean, even if they do get the upset in the first round, they still got to go yeah. through the Celtics. Oh no, yeah, the every, Bulls, every or the Seventy Sixers, yeah, in the second round, and the Eastern Conference is going to be a pretty rough, tough one as well. Yeah. So the odds are are. I don't think they they should be that kind to the Nets. No, so. yeah, it's too much reliant. Like, you, no, no way, five to one. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But moving on, hot teams, teams that are on a win streak. We got. We've mentioned this team a bit. The Raptors, uh, four game winning streak. We haven't really talked about this team very rarely on this podcast, but we got to give them a shout out. They made. They've climbed their way into the sixth seed. Scotty Barnes put together. Just an insane number of games a couple weeks ago with OG and Siakam out. But now both of those guys are back in. Scotty Barnes is still doing his thing. And and the result of that is 8-2 and two over the last 10. A team that is solely in the sixth seed right now and could potentially hunt down the Bulls and take out and take that, take them down and get the fifth seed. And they've got some solid wins over the last two weeks. Celtics, Cavs, 76ers, the Suns. And the Nuggets, they did lose to the Lakers, but you know that's a schedule. You could call it a schedule <laughs> loss, but but I mean four game winning streak. Siakam looks good, and the whole integration with everybody is looking pretty solid. Uh, this is, I think, it's, it's it's exciting. This team has really single handedly revamped their entire year, right? And yeah, like you said, Siakam, I think, is the big picture because, and this is a guy that won Most Improved Player two years in a row and became an mm-hmm. all-star putting up just gaudy numbers and he had he had a bit of an off year last year when they're playing in tampa and you, you finally see him come back to form and you're reminded of like wow this guy is actually really good this this guy is a number one option and yep yeah he does it all and og Ananobi coming back playing good just solid basketball defensive specialist great three and d player and even gary trent yeah i was gonna say i forgot to mention him but huge piece i mean turning and turning (laughs) it around over the last few months right now he's shooting 37 percent from three uh Mm -hmm. i mean shooting elite territory a couple steals a game yeah eight attempts a game and yeah like i didn't really understand the trade last year i i thought that they got fleeced for norm powell but they've turned Gary Trent into a real quality piece who's not just a huge liability on defense now. Because, uh, like, you know, with the backcourt of Fred Van Fleet and Gary Trent, you're really undersized. And mm-hmm. so you have to make up for that. And Gary Trent's done a really good job. And, I mean, their starters play a crap ton of minutes. Like, I think they average the most minutes of any team in the league, any starters in the league. And, you know, that fatigue will set in. I mean, we see it with the Knicks this year. Uh, like all the guys played a ton of minutes last year. Julius Randle, RJ Barrett played like 
what, 38 minutes a game or something stupid? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, maybe they paid the price for it this year, and I'm hoping that it, the same thing doesn't happen for the Raptors. Obviously, a lot of these guys are, are young, and, you know, they, they should be able to bounce back, but it's, it's, this is a lot of minutes, man. Like, that, that fatigue could set in. So I, I hope, as far as, you know, the long-term franchise health is not affected by this season, but it's gotten them to where they are now, and they're playing great basketball. Yeah, Gary Trent Jr.'s top three in steals per game, steal percentage as well. Dude's got his hand in the cookie jar all the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's this is just like a really just scrappy team. Uh, they're not ranked super high in terms of a team assists, and it just I think it just speaks to their game as they're just really grimy. They're still trying to get a feel for each other, but they played good defensive basketball and. They got a lot of young guys that can run the floor in OG Barnes and Trent Jr. and Siakam, and they're using that to their advantage. And I mean, they found other other spots too off the off the bench and Malachi Flynn and um, uh, Precious Achua times are yeah, throwing Precious him out Chua there. Can sometimes <laughs> have a good game, and Chris Boucher yeah. can sometimes have a good game. Their their bench is pretty shallow, um, mm. but yeah, I mean, they play their starters so many minutes. That's what offsets it. <laughs> yeah, is a Chua, Chris Boucher. Oh man, yeah. that guy! Talk about a regression too. That guy's taking a step back. <laughs> yeah, to be like the guy put up stats last year, but he wasn't helping them win games. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't. He really wasn't. Defensive liability yeah, for sure. Uh, moving on from the Raptors, the Grizzlies six-game winning streak, and one of the big reasons why I'm calling them out. We know they're winning games, but. I think they've now, over the course of the last month, have really turned it around from just being that fun team that's winning games to now seriously, Serious like, this is, a, this is a contender. And mm-hmm. the reason I say that is because when the team wins a championship, they usually got a couple things. They got a guy who's all NBA. They got a mm-hmm. star. There's no around that. You got to have a star. You got a second piece who's also maybe not quite all NBA, but is on the fence of potentially being there. I think Jaron Jackson is slowly taking steps to being there. Mm. And you also got a third good option. I think Desmond Bain may is pretty close to checking that box mm-hmm. off for, for this Memphis team. And also most notably is you're elite you're an elite defensive team, top five, or at least really close to it. The Memphis Grizzlies are fourth in the league right now in defensive rating. Uh well within top three or top five in most defensive categories and got the fifth best offense in the league. I mean, you're rolling into the playoffs top five in both of those categories. I think you got to be taken serious, and you got an all NBA all NBA star on your squad. Yeah, yeah, you're 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 now in contender status. So six game win streak, even without John Morant, firmly in the second seed. And a call out here is they've officially won their first division title in franchise history today. Wow. The young Grizzly franchise has finally ha- have a finally has a reason to put a banner up. A team banner, and this is it. And uh, I think they're on their way to a hell of a playoff run if they can, you know, if they ha- if they can stay healthy. So I like this team, and um, I'm excited to see what they're doing in the playoffs. And I think they, they this six game winning streak uh, speaks a lot to what they've done this year. Yeah, I agree. It, it's a really fun team to watch. It's a really easy team to root for. Uh, and I, I really hope the Clippers don't end up playing them in the playoffs. <laughs> I kind of hope that we lose to the Timberwolves and get the AT because I, I want to see what the Grizzlies can do. I want to root for them to win a playoff series. Um, yeah. It's like, man, I, I couldn't I couldn't take that if I had to watch the Grizzlies play the Clippers, although it would renew the rivalry of the Zach Randolph days. <laughs> so that could That's be fun. Right. But, man, it, it is baffling how good this team has been this year. It defies mm-hmm. all logic. I mean, they traded Valanciunas to start the year for Steven Adams, and that had people scratching their heads like, wait, wasn't this wasn't Valanciunas really good? Why did you trade him? Mm-hmm. And you got, like, a you know, Zaire Williams, and, like, did you need him? And it was very confusing. It's like it seemed like a move to make them worse, but they've gotten so much better this year. I mean, the improvement of Desmond Bain – Jaron Jackson becoming a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. Steven Adams has just been the glue piece that they needed, the defensive mm-hmm. anchor. 
and they're freaking 19 and 2 without John Morant this season. <laughs> 19 and 2? Are you kidding me? This doesn't make any sense at all. Without your best player, you're 19 and 2. It just speaks to the system, the coaching, and just the personnel. Everyone buying in. And it, it's just amazing to see, man. I just, I, I, I'm, a, I'm speechless. <laughs> How, yeah. I mean, they're the only team with the top five offense and defense in the NBA. Yeah, they they are. And it's it's crazy. I thought like at the trade deadline, it, I was like, okay, this team is good. They're really good. We know that. But if they want to be elite, they're probably going to have to make a move at the trade deadline. And the trade deadline passed. They didn't make any move because, you know, they just have a lot of decent guys that mm-hmm. that could be, that are really tradable. Uh, they didn't make any moves. They kept all of them, and they're still rolling just with a bunch of dudes. Like they got nine guys averaging greater than nine minutes per game. Even Brandon Clark, who's number ten on this list, is at nineteen point five. So it's like yeah. you basically got eleven guys out there Crazy. that you're just throwing on the floor. But they they all have served a purpose, and they've all resulted in wins. And here's a fun one: what is the what was the over and under for the Memphis oh, Grizzlies man. to start the year? I would guess forty one. Yeah, forty-one. Wait, wow, really? Just, yeah, <laughs> Are just you on serious? fire with this. Yeah, <laughs> I swear I don't have that open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what? You're just on fire. Forty-one. <laughs> it was the over and under to start the year, and Dang. they they're at fifty-three wins right now, and with like you know six, seven games still remaining, they they should probably will, will for sure be over fifty-five. Yeah. Uh, so <sighs> they've already they're already plus coming. fourteen on that. Yeah. <sighs> so. Uh yeah, I I'm I'm excited for this team. Can't wait what they put together in the playoffs. Yeah, Grizzlies Timberwolves would be a fun playoff series. I I do want to see that. I, I come on. I, I'll I'll accept the the nerve wracking uh scenario that's going to be me having to hope the Clippers beat whoever for the eighth seed. Mm-hmm. If I want to root for both the Grizzlies and the Clippers, uh, but man, more likely than not, the Clippers might be able to beat the Wolves for the seventh seed. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else would be a fun series is uh grizzlies warriors uh because memphis and the grizzlies hate andre iguodala <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah dylan brooks had that quote the other day it's like we sent him back to golden state because like what the, he's just he wasn't bought in or something yeah yeah they just they hate andre iguodala <laughs> it's so funny because it's <laughs> I mean, Andre Iguodala is so insignificant now, right? <laughs> uh, in terms of like actual basketball impact, but <laughs> I guess it just it would make for a fun storyline. I think, right? Oh uh, man, yeah, yeah. If they can get so, past the Clippers or Wolves, maybe they would get yeah. that series in the second round. We'll see. I mean, it is it is a young team, so but I think yeah. they're they're so good that I think they they can get past the 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 jitters. Of you know having the oh, pressure yeah. of actually, no, I think they they have the compete. confidence, they have the swagger. Yeah, in terms of falling teams, teams that are losing their swagger, we've we've already mentioned them, but Utah Jazz five game losing streak, four to six, four four six record over the last ten games. They lost to the Clippers, huge comeback win for them. Uh, it's sort of deja vu back mm-hmm. for the Jazz, back from when they lost uh, a couple games to the Clippers to you know lose their best opportunity to make the Western Conference Finals, totally yeah. blowing it to an, a shorthanded Clipper team. And now they've officially dropped to six in the West after, for most part, being the favorite to finish either the fourth or the third seed in the West. Um, pretty pretty, pretty frustrating thing, to, I'm sure, for the team. But I, I'm really scratching my head at what exactly is going on. Is Joe Ingles the reason they're losing? I find that hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> no, Joe Ingles is not. I mean, this team is just not good enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at a guy like Royce O'Neal who gets like 35 minutes a game. It's like one of the most minutes. And I only know this because he is like the worst fantasy production per minute <laughs> player in the, like outside of Tony Snell in like the history of the NBA. Like, he plays 35 minutes a game. He gets, like, three points, two rebounds, an assist, and maybe, like, a steal every other game. I don't know I what got, he's I, doing out there. <laughs> Not to veer off too much off topic, but another guy that will challenge that is Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who's Nikhil also Alexander- on, who is also yeah, now on also the Utah Jets. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just, like, you have him. I mean... Obviously, we've seen that Gobert can be a liability in the playoffs. Mike Conley's not getting any younger. 
the bench, you know, Jordan Clarkson, you know, he's hot and cold, but that's it. Like, they don't have anyone on the, off the bench outside of Jordan Clarkson. It's mm-hmm. Nikhil Alexander-Walker. It's – I don't even know who else. Who else comes – like, Hassan Rudy Whiteside? Rudy Gay? Like, <laughs> this team is just not good enough, you know? They're good enough to be decent in the regular season, but they don't have the guys that can – increase their level of play in the playoffs outside of Donovan Mitchell. Uh, We haven't seen it at all. Like Bogdanovich hasn't done it. Gobert definitely hasn't done it. And, you know, I don't blame Donovan Mitchell for getting fed up with it. It's the same story every season for the last, Mm -hmm. like, four seasons for the Jazz. And after that loss to the Clippers, like, we had Mitchell, like, actually venting his frustrations already before the playoffs were even started. I'm sure a lot of credit to this losing streak. Like, I don't know what to say. This is the same shit. This is literally the same thing as last year. Mostly yeah. in in context to the Clippers' loss, which I'm sure just completely demoralized the team. But it's gotta you gotta kind of look at the big picture of it. It's like this is the same story every year as far as your whole season, not just the Clippers' mm-hmm. loss. Like <laughs> you're just faltering at the end, just like you always do. And yeah, there's really nothing I, that Jazz can do to improve the roster. I feel bad for this roster because I feel when they first came out of the gates and were in the playoffs, they were such a good defensive team. And they yeah. have totally switched the script and moved pieces around. And they got some offensive firepower. And they're the number one rated offensive rated team in the league right now. Still, maybe they're, they'll fall in the next couple of days. But they're, they're an offensive firepower. Um, but... As a result, they're, they've sacrificed what they used to lean on a few years ago, which was their defense. And Rudy Gobert is really the only staple out there. But their perimeter yeah. defense with these older guys and Royce O'Neal, Mike Conley, Bojan Bogdanovic, and Clarkson has has just put so much pressure on Rudy to to really try to um, protect the paint and close in on shooters when it really shouldn't all fall to him. So I think I think Gobert has taken a lot of hits unfairly because of the rest of the pieces on this roster are just not getting their defensive job done either. Um, so I think it, it, I think it's just going to be a struggle that they're going to hit again in the come playoff time because yep. this team defensively has just been figured out by a lot of teams, I think. And yeah. they're going to have to make some changes come the off season. If they're serious about trying to get yeah. back to contend contending area or just hit the reset button. Yeah. I don't know. Or we could see their nightmare scenario of Donovan Mitchell requesting a trade. Yep. Maybe it'll do them a favor because then they get assets back as opposed to. <laughs> then it's like where the, yeah, it's like it's like Gordon Hayward all over again. Good luck drafting the next Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, true. Um, so maybe we're going too much into a doom scenario for a team that's just <laughs> on a current losing streak, and but they'll like, win a couple games to. Is close it a doom scenario though? What? <laughs> What chance do you give the Jazz of winning the title this year? No chance. I mean, I feel like... Like, maybe one? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 10% chance. I don't know. We'll take that, whatever that means. That's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give them a 10% chance. I I do not give them a 10. I give them literally a 2% chance. (laughs) I mean, the bulk of that would be, like, injuries. I think if injuries somehow fall their way uh i could see it but right yeah there there's no way i mean even if they made it out of the west i don't think they can beat any of those eastern conference teams no especially the yeah the one that gets out of there no way mm-hmm. yeah i'm sorry jazz hopefully <laughs> you can figure it out uh next team cavaliers four and six over their last 10 falling into mm-hmm. the seven seed i mean they were a huge surprise come come all-star break we were talking about the cavaliers Jared Allen was a big deal at the All-Star game, yeah. showing up in his very casual fashion <laughs> statement. But uh, since then, Jared Allen's been out. Um, Evan Mobley's missed a couple games. Colin Sexton is still out. Uh, now they've fallen into the seventh seed uh, with the Nets not too far behind them. Two games, two game, a two-game buffer between the Cavs and the Nets. Um, but they're they're a falling team right now, and uh, I don't know if there's any getting up for this team i think this is where they're gonna end up yeah. at this point uh, yeah it's just there's only so many blows you can take i mean sexton goes out for the season okay well they're still doing well because rubio's there 
Rubio's mm-hmm. out for the season. Okay, now we have no guards but Darius Garland. But he's balling, and our centers are balling, and now Jared Allen's gone. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, we still got you got a young guy, Mobley, and now we don't. <laughs> it's just like, well, you have four of your main guys out. You're not going to win any games. And it's just super unfortunate because this team is really fun to watch. You know, like the Grizzlies, they're young. They're they're playing tough basketball every night. And they were underestimated to start the season. And they, they had a great record. They still have a good record, way better than they were projected at the start of the season. Especially from my projections, I thought they were going to be awful. But mm-hmm. they, they showed me up and... It just sucks, you know. You you want, and obviously they'll still be around next year with the same personnel, and hopefully they'll all be healthy. But yeah, this, this is a bummer, man. I I could easily see them losing to the Nets for the seven seed, and then it's a toss up. Like if they even make the playoffs at that point, mm-hmm. which is scary to think about, because like they seemed like a lock, not even like a, a few weeks ago, and this slide has really put things into yeah and the raptors rising put this yeah. in danger very quickly yeah if they lose against the nets they're going up against the hornets or the hawks who i mean yeah kind of on their own yeah. little mini winning streaks right yeah, now none of, none of those are gimmies for the Cavs in the state they're in right now it's like garland's playing great but that's 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 all you can rely on at this point i mean Mm-hmm. Allen and Mobley were your, your best two options after that. And like Karis Levert's still like kind of coming back from injury. You can only get so much out of Kevin Love at this point. It, it's just, <laughs> you run out of replacements eventually. It's like Lamar Stevens ain't going to come out and, and win <laughs> you a game. So yeah, you got to just, you know, hope Evan Mobley can come back for the last few games. He might, he, he's ruled out for the next three games. He might come back after that, but it yeah, it's it's gonna be very dicey. You don't see a huge breakout game coming for City Osman. No, no, I really don't. <laughs> the <laughs> the quote unquote LeBron prodigy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, not my... happening. Yeah, that, that should oh, sail. <laughs> yeah, it's too too far. Uh, well we'll see what the Cavaliers can do to if they can still pull this together and get themselves into the playoffs because they were so close and they were there for so much so much time of this year yeah um, final thoughts here to close this close the podcast up spinning it back to the lakers of course <laughs> uh, we just got to put this year into context not only is it like <laughs> oh, a no. failure versus the over and under but when you look at the lakers last few years we knew that from 2012 and beyond the lakers had a tough one they were losing games <laughs> for consecutive seasons Mm -hmm. but this year it's not quite as bad as 2015 lakers 2016 lakers but it's on pace to be worse than the 2017 lakers Mm -hmm. and this is a 2017 laker team that featured a rookie lonzo a rookie kuzma rookie thomas bryant caruso josh hart also rookie and (laughs) also rookie and a second-year Brandon Ingram. That team only won 35 games and finished 11th in the West. And, I mean, this – I mean, yeah, they had, like, a bunch of, I guess, good names because a lot of these guys have gone on to pretty, put together yeah. pretty decent NBA careers. But Alonzo missed most of the games that year. I think Thomas Bryant did too. Josh Hart did. So did Ingram. I think Kuzma and Thomas – Kuzma and, and, like, Caruso and Thomas Bryant were, like, the more consistent guys. Right. So, yeah. That's just putting it into context that yeah, the Lakers <laughs> might not get to 35 wins and be worse than this 2017 <laughs> team. And, and granted, Anthony Davis being out a lot of these games, but still, man, like it's so mm-hmm. disappointing. This, yeah, this is this definitely puts it in perspective. This this is a a year to forget as a Laker fan. Yeah, two polar opposite of roster construction, I guess. On one end, you got. A team, most of the starting lineup being first years or second years. And this Laker team, you got most, you know, most of the big names that you signed were over the age of 33. And it just goes to show you that with two extremes, you you can end up with the same result. The real magic is being somewhere in the middle. <laughs> and if the Lakers, <laughs> and if the Lakers somehow end up not being part of the play-in, that means they will be a bottom 10 team in the league which means that they're likely getting a top 10 pick in the draft that goes to the Pelicans. Yep, that goes 
straight to the pelican. Ooh. That is crushing. <laughs> that's, yep. That's a bummer. And I mean, especially if this that guy ends up really becoming... This is uh, a deep draft. Yeah, it's a deep draft, and there's a lot of there's. I feel like there's also like a mini basketball boom over the last last few years. A lot of the, the last year's draft was really good. This draft looks good as well. Um, yeah, Lakers might have just missed out. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> they're gonna miss out for sure because <laughs> they need all the help they can get. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in, and uh, we got one more episode before we close out the regular season. Next week, we'll wrap up the regular season, give our picks for award winners and our thoughts on the play-in tournament. So please don't forget to tune in, and thanks, everybody. Yes, sir. Have a good week, everyone.